You're listening to the SIL Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 17, Paris, a poet's perspective, getting serious in the city of love. Ooh la la la, c'est magnifique. Okay, you get this. Now listen to me. Listen here. Listen here, Siri. Listen <laughs> here. Okay, so here I am in Paris. Yeah. I'm near Notre Dame, and I'm going to ask Siri a question. Okay. Let's ask Siri a question. Siri, how far is it from the church Notre Dame to the church Sacré-Cœur in Paris? Which church? Tap the one you want. Okay. It's not on the thing. It's not It's not here on your list. <laughs> You're Siri, correct. wake up. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll check. We'll, we'll, we'll take a map and figure on, it let's out. Let's get, let's get a good one. Start again. Start again. <laughs> Okay, you gotta, okay get this. Here we go. How far is it from Charles de Gaulle Airport to the Louvre? Louvre Museum is about 22 miles from Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport by car, or about 15 miles as the crow flies. Oh, as thank the, you, Siri. As the crow flies. That works really well. If only we were crows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Siri helped us out in Paris it did. a little bit. How much did you really use it, though, throughout the trip? I used it two, three times, maybe, usually to get words. Rather than pulling out a heavy French dictionary, right. I would say, Siri, what is the word in French for ankle or for sprain or whatever? And usually it's pretty good for finding the French word attached to what you want for communicating purposes. So if you're in a hotel, you're in a restaurant, you need a quick word. Yeah. Boom. That sort of thing. Um, I didn't ask it for directions. That I went to Google Maps for. Another piece of technology. First trip that you really employed technology at this level. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because really, the last time I was there was a fair number of years ago. and How many years ago? Oh, at least 20 years ago. Okay. And I wouldn't have had a cell phone even. So it would have been maps. Would have so been what was the last significant trip you've taken anywhere? To Japan with my wife. Probably about uh, 15 years ago. Even then, technology really wasn't being used. No, we didn't use technology. Well, other than in advance on the Internet, setting up bookings and communicating with some people over Mm -hmm. there. That was the only time when we were there, we didn't use it at all, really. So you as a very artistically inclined individual who, for the most part, uses technology simply for getting things done and is not really enamored with it or uh, it doesn't own you. Mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. What was your experience on this trip? Has your opinion changed at all? Well, it was helpful, let's put it that way. It speeded things up a little bit, allowed us to communicate a bit better uh, now and then. Uh, but for the most part, our technology was our feet that took us to places mm-hmm. that showed us surprises as we rounded a corner and, oh, Look at that monument. What's that about? And, and discovered some things about the city we wouldn't have discovered by messing around on technology. You didn't become so 
preoccupied with what you had in your pocket that it took you away from what you were doing or what you wanted to see. Yeah, or, or that we were ignoring something, looking down at our cell phones, or we were ignoring the person in the room or the taxi driver, looking at our cell phones for the next whatever. Mm-hmm. We talked to the taxi driver about the city mm-hmm. and learned stuff about them. A lot of them being immigrants from Morocco or other places where French is spoken. They had interesting stories to tell, and they had a different take on the city than the average Parisian might, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, yeah, for us, the art of traveling became the art of engaging people, trying to speak French, which they appreciate very much, and uh, allowing surprises to kind of bubble up and happen, being spontaneous. You went with your wife. So you both had cell phones, I'm assuming. Yep. Both with similar capabilities in terms of being able to take pictures, utilizing Google and so on. Right. Were there differences in the way you both utilized it? Did you find that one of you used it more than the other? Well, I probably used mine more than my wife. My wife essentially took photographs with it. The odd Google something, you know. But I was using an app that I had downloaded, a Paris app. Pop up a metro map, for example. Mm-hmm. Google Maps. Siri, the odd time, photographs, video, audio. I did some audio recordings as well. But in part, you also did that because of your recent exposure to these things in the last couple of years. Yeah, the audio especially. I have more of an interest in audio now that we are doing this podcast and we've done other audio projects together. I thought very soon upon arrival, yeah, audio tape stuff. And maybe I can write some poetry to these various locations and uh, landscapes and create art out of what the technology is allowing me to do. Right. So, I mean, really what the technology has done is it's enabled you to take things to another level. Most of what you did, you could have done in other ways. It just made it easier. Instead of having large maps and books, you could access something that was in your pocket. But we also have to understand, too, that all of this technology and what it does is it gives us simulations of things, simulation of the city of Paris mm-hmm. through its mapping, its metro, that sort of thing. It's uh, recommendations for good restaurants, right? These are simulations. The actual traveling is in discovering that jewel of a restaurant. I think we went to one restaurant among the dozens and dozens that I researched online, we went to only one of those restaurants, planned, went there, had the meal. The rest of the time, it became a matter of, ah, we'll find something on the way. Let's go to this area. We'll search around and see what comes up. So even though technology can be helpful, it can also take a fair bit of time that doesn't bear fruit necessarily. Exactly. That's in the moment you do that. That's why I was asking the question. It can be a hindrance at times because it's taking you away from the moment. Um, So it's about being balanced. It's not about being stressed by it. And if you are stressed by it, you're better off putting it in your pocket and just enjoying what you're doing. Its benefit is that I didn't have to bring my bulky Mm -hmm. Nikon camera. I have that little slender thing in my pocket. I can pull it out. It takes decent photographs. And so I'm saving in weight, carrying weight around, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It just streamlines things a little bit. But we could have gone into the metro, looked at the metro map and figured it out and then gone on our way. Visually, it's the same thing. Takes the same amount of time. Sure. Then looking down into my cell phone. Could have done that too.
We're in a day and age where we're very used to checking in with our cell phones for all kinds of things. What I found advantageous, even though the technology wasn't quite at this level, when I went to uh, Tuscany in 2010, I used an actual HD camera, handheld, a one-pound unit, small enough to do the videotaping. Mm -hmm. uh, audio I was already familiar with, so I could grab things with recorders or off the camera and so on. Knowing to pick your times and spots so that it didn't interfere whatever was going on. Using it judiciously. Yeah, uh, sure. Especially when you're with other people. But I found that the creative juices really opened up, not because so much the technology was going to do it for me, but because the technology allowed me to amass or accumulate things that I could later use. So how did you later use that stuff from your trip to be creative or well, as an shade example, over into art? Yeah. yeah, well, as an example, the creation of, a, of an edited video versus a bunch of shots, mm -hmm. um, then employing really special events and coordinating them together within the film, making almost like a documentary of the trip. Yeah. Uh, and also the sheer volume of information that was accessible at your fingertips. Uh, you mentioned, you know, being at the Metro, which is wonderful if you're at the Metro and you see the map and you, you stand there and you just enjoy the moment, look at the map. But sometimes there might be big crowds, there might be a lot of confusion, chaos, whatever, you know, just crowds, period. Yeah. And you, this gives you the opportunity to go into a quiet spot, pull out your device, have a look at whatever it is, or before you even leave your apartment, mm -hmm. give you an idea of what you're going to do and where you're going to go, you know, in a simple fashion. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Several times we were warned about being in certain areas and that there'd be pickpockets, that we should be careful about our bags and stuff like that. And that came from human interaction, people talking to us. It didn't come from our phones or our cell phones. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other aspect was interesting was when I went to Shakespeare and Company, which is the famous bookstore in Paris. Yeah. Number one, I was very emotional about being there. I just you know, heard so much about it. And now I'm actually here. So Walking in the building. Big yeah. moment. Yeah. And then I walked up the stairs in this quaint little bookstore and I'm hearing music upstairs. So I thought, OK, I'm going to put on my audio. So I put on the audio on the phone, and I walked up the stairs and into this little room, and there were three or four people sitting against the books on a banquette, and there was this jazz player playing piano, playing mm. beautiful jazz, and got a recording of that. But what I felt was I held the cell phone in my hand, realizing it was listening, so to speak, and recording. But I was also listening and recording in my own personal way, yes. human way, as were the other people in the room in their own ways. And so the phone became just another ear mm -hmm. in the room, yes. catching its own version of exactly. something. And I think that's what we should understand about technology is it catches a version of, in the right. same way your video caught versions of your trip to Tuscany. Mm -hmm. Really a preservation. Yeah. Of an event or a moment. Uh, right. Not that you're not capable of doing that in your mind. You are, but chances are you will forget a good deal of what you saw or experienced uh, over time. And right. the technology, all it does is serve it back up to you for purposes of recollection or enjoyment and so on. The key to me is that you keep it in balance. Enjoy what it offers you without being obsessed by it, without being stressed by it. Sure, in the same way that a hammer is an extension of your hand and your arm, that cell phone was just an extension of my ear Exactly. Uh, in that moment. So using it the way technology should be used as an addendum, as an extension of what we already can do, is, I think, a good way to go, balanced way to go. The importance of having 
some fundamental understanding so that you can take advantage of things like that. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, about the trip was technology is very fast. There's a speed element inherent to it now in our world. But you go into the city of Paris, and every, around every corner there's a monument that's 500 years old, a church that's 800 years old, rocks and stones and cobblestones that are hundreds and hundreds of years old, and the weight of that history is palpable. Right, and some of those structures took 100 years to build. Right, slowly, it's so very slow moving in a way in terms mm-hmm. of history. And here's technology and quick hitting technology stepping into that world. It's a really fascinating kind of juxtaposition. Yeah, it's like a jab versus a ballet. Yeah, 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 a long symphony versus a quick ballad or something like that. Mm-hmm. that was yeah, no, that, right? that, that's fantastic. What I really liked also is the facilitation of communication. When would you have thought growing up that you could be in the middle of a city? say hello to someone 5,000 miles away without talking to any intermediary mm-hmm. uh, individual, no no telegrams, no Western Union, just yep. hit the button, and no matter where they are, boom. You were sending me stuff from here to Paris, and I was getting it, boom, just like that. Intentionally sending you very little. Yeah, why? As much as I love technology, I see it sometimes as very interruptive. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a person's away on holiday, unless it's something really critical, I'd like to send it to them, but not something that requires an immediate response. More reference when you've got a minute, uh-huh. you're relaxed in your hotel room, you want to take a look at this, fine, get back to me tomorrow kind of idea. Right. Because I find that because I deal with people who are looking for help with various iPads, computers, and so on, mm-hmm. that one of the things that I find disturbing, despite the fact that I'm in it, is this thing that people have about immediacy. It's like the message comes in and they must respond to it right away. They must see it, whether it's in the middle of a dinner, in the middle of a family event. This total preoccupation with this urgency, which Mm -hmm. I find, even though, as I said, I'm a proponent of technology, I'm not a fan of that type of behavior. Right. It's very interesting you say that, because when I went to Shakespeare and Company, I went for a specific uh, author who was doing a reading from a new book. Mm-hmm. He's written, his name is Will Self. He's a British author, and he's written a book called Phone. And it really is about our obsession, our connection with phone technology. In his talk about how when dial phones came out and that with ringers, ring, ring, mm-hmm. that it would be unheard of for a person to ignore the telephone. Unheard of. You could be in the middle of taking a crap and you'd get up. This is his words. With yep. a turd half hanging out <laughs> and you'd get that phone and answer it. Yeah. But then he talked about how technology moves fairly quickly, mm-hmm. but it seems to not be moving as quickly as it could. And he right. said the reason for that is that in the West, we are old. We are old in the West. And older generations, older people don't like they want to slow that's, things down. They slow things down. So right. when he was giving advice to a young artist in the room, he said, the best advice I can give you, find a knife and go stab an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> go stab an old guy. Meaning, rebel against the older generations. You've got to get rid of that in order to renew art and culture and try avant-garde things because they're going to slow you down, that generation. Right? <laughs> Being in it, though, I I find that, and dealing with a lot of seniors in my work, I think it's a perfect marriage. 
the young and energetic and willingness to explore. Right. And the older, wiser, experienced people who bring a sort of balance. I find that the amalgamation of the two, to me, is the kind of perfect combination. Getting back to the travel aspect, how we began the podcast, it's fundamentally changed the way people travel, mm-hmm. where people go and how they get there. Yeah, There's a lot of preparation now that didn't exist before. A travel agency did everything before. That's right. Or someone you knew told you where to go when yeah. you were going. But now people are searching everything from the yeah. foods to the prices to distances to airports. And it's changing the whole economic picture as well, because a lot of the old camp, so to speak, the uh, standard or traditional travel agents, Mm -hmm. those that haven't gone online and have adapted to this change are going to get... The same with newspapers, all of those old uh, school kinds of institutions. If they don't jump into the digital age, they will die out, essentially, is the point. I was a booking agent myself. I did everything online. I booked the flights. I booked the train trip that we took out of Paris for a day. I booked tickets to a museum that we went to in advance, a tour on the Seine, a boat tour. I did that in advance. All of it paid for in advance. Tickets sent to me. And I even got my boarding pass for the airport. I didn't have to go anywhere in the airport, I could go right to the gate. So yes, technology, lots of good things, helpful when traveling, etc. But I always come back to that, you know, the poetry of travel, the art of travel really is letting the surprises happen. I've studied theosophy and anthroposophy, Madame Blavatsky's, Rudolf Steiner, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And when we were walking through Paris, we turned a corner and suddenly there was this building It was the Theosophical Society of France, this incredible building. Nice. Just by accident, turning a corner, and there it was, right? Incredible, eh? That's so cool. I didn't intend to go there even, but I've studied a lot, and I know theosophy, and there was this building. You know, things like that. Well, I know. I remember walking the streets of Rome on my own, and just walking down the street, you have no idea what's coming around the corner. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you've never been there before. You turn the corner and there's the Pantheon. It's 2,000 years old and there's a little mom-pa cafe like 30 meters from the front door. I mean, it's just incredible. And the beauty of it is, and the interesting thing of it is, you might hear the bells of Notre Dame. Bing, 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 bing. And suddenly you're hearing... Moving through the streets, balancing. I think I have a recording of that juxtaposition of the bells and that. And it almost becomes a symphony, a harmony, along with the voices all around. It's actually very symphonic and quite beautiful. So while you're on that subject briefly, let's talk about audio for a bit. Yeah. Because you said that on this trip, you actually recorded a lot of sounds, whether they were street sounds, jazz singers, and so on. What's changed, if anything, on your feelings about the use of audio in your particular art? Well, I don't typically use audio in my particular art, which is writing. I've recorded things mm-hmm. of my writings, I've recorded poetry, etc. But this was different because the thought occurred to me that I could take those audio sounds and recall to mind the feelings I had when recording that and create some poetry that would relate to it and incorporate that poetry with the audio in some way. Mm-hmm. So it was a vague idea of something artistic that mm-hmm. could come out of a collaboration of the technology and my own artistic sensibility. So that was a nice thing, and I hadn't really considered that before. 
And why do you think you hadn't, and why do you think you do now? Just because of my experience of it, and knowing the capabilities. I'm not slavishly connected to podcasts or any of that stuff, mm-hmm. except ours. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the five people in Barry and Thorold who, who <laughs> tune, tune in every week to listen to our chatter and our inane yeah. bantering. Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, that's God right. bless them. Yeah, God bless them. <laughs> and so I think maybe to wrap this up, mm-hmm. I think we should ask Siri yes. uh, yet another question. Uh-huh. Um, what should we ask Siri this time? What's your take? That's a good one. I don't have an answer for that. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you like to ask Siri? Well, let's see if she has an answer. It's about you, Max. Not me. Don't you love it the way, like someone who doesn't know how to use that properly, drive you crazy, right? These arbitrary categories. (laughs) Siri doesn't really like these arbitrary categories. You should know that. Okay. Let's ask it a question. Okay, let's ask it a question. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 How old is Peter Noche? Here's what I found on the web for how old is Peter Noche. (laughs) (laughs) What did she find on the web? (laughs) Um, Ritmo de la Noche. (laughs) The other, uh, I go to Rio. Uh, Le Noche del Hombre Lobo. Chocolate's Ritmo de la Noche, sample of Peter <laughs> Allen's I Go to Rio, Peter Gadio, etc. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Siri. Thank you, Siri. Oh, bao de popare numba pope. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at ConnectingDotsMedia.com. Connecting Dots Media.